Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. The service that you're watching was recorded on Wednesday, and as we're going to record right now, it's just after four o'clock. And so the big thing is the news of the Capitol having been stormed. We don't know what the outcomes will be. We don't know what the processes will be, but we do know that our nation needs our prayers right now. And so before I begin today's message, I'd like for us just to bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you that above all the distractions of this earth, you sit enthroned. You see everything, you know all, and from your great and calm eternity, you are or, can orchestrate good things to come. And we just pray that in this moment of tense moment in our nation, in its history, that you will bring peace, that you will bring resolve, that you'll help this to be managed in the, in the very best way possible for the very best outcome possible in this very... Um, un-American moment. And we just pray for your blessing and your guidance and give us all peace and help us to work toward unity rather than division is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This Sabbath is Greg Creek's official last Sabbath as part of our staff. We had a great time at our staff meeting this week, uh, affirming Greg and his ministry. I, I just want to say to you and to Greg, if he's listening somewhere, to, that we are so pleased to have had Greg as part of our church staff. We're so glad, Greg, that God is a, you allow God to make you his man and to do ministry for him. And we know that lives have been changed at the Whole Life Church through your ministry. Thank you for that. We look forward to seeing what how God is going to use you as, as time moves on. And we just pray God's blessing on you uh, as you begin this new phase, this new season of your life with more time with your family. Thank you for serving this church carefully and faithfully and well. There are some words so common to the human experience that they've come from the lips of just about all of us. There's no doubt that if, if there are maybe even some who have never spoken the words, that they likely have thought these words, and for sure, if they haven't thought them for themselves, they've heard them expressed by others. Every parent, every parent has heard them. Here are the words I'm talking about. That's not fair. It, it seems we've been wired with this ethic of wanting things to be fair. Really, a, a very nice human wish, the call to fair play, to fairness, to, to being fair. To hear this about our human race is sort of encouraging at first. We might imagine that with, with this hardwired wish for fairness, that there is hope for a, a more fair and just world. If the billions of people on our globe shared this draw toward fairness, it would seem that things should be getting better and better. Poverty should be reducing. Starving people should be a thing of the past. Good, high-quality education should be available to children in all of our communities. The legal system should be rocketing to reform, becoming more fair to all who encounter it. 
over the Christmas uh, holiday season, we were privileged to have our two children, their spouses, and our three grandchildren with us. It was it was simply wonderful. Our youngest grandchild, Holden, is only 18 months, so his vocabulary is amazing for his age, of course, uh, but it's all just one or two words at a time. Identifying people, objects around the house. The other two, Paxton, age six, and his sister, Andy Jo, age four, they are the best of pals who love playing together. But even over the holiday, there were some things that happened, sometimes that I heard these words from them, reflective of our human race. That isn't fair. What I noticed is that in the pursuit of fairness, it was juvenile. But unfortunately, it was a, a juvenile pursuit, a juvenile stage from which too many never move. I never heard either of these uh, precious grandchildren say that some situation wasn't fair for their sibling. Each voice complaint regarding unfairness was that the situation wasn't fair for him or wasn't fair for her. Never did Big Brother complain that something wasn't fair for his with regards to his little sister, nor did little sister argue that something wasn't fair for her big brother. Our greatest concern for things being fair is with regards to our not wanting to be treated unfairly. On this planet we have as our home, it, it seems in every arena, the contours are rather uneven. We, we wish, at, at least in our imagination, for a level playing field. But instead, it seems that the, the football field of real life is filled with potholes and speed bumps and hills and valleys and natural and unnatural obstacles that, depending on the direction one is going, create unfair advantages or disadvantages. When our son finished college, he, he had an advantage over many of his classmates. By our diligence, his hard work, the refinancing of our home, he had no school debt. Fair or unfair, this gave him the freedom to follow his own pursuits. He needed income, but no debt hung over his head, so his reduced income need allowed him to experiment, start his own company, start his own store, etc. Was it fair that he had this freedom while others were compelled by need to service a debt to maybe take a, a job they weren't really wild about? In our American culture, for most of the history of our nation, there has been the reality or illusion that in our capitalistic free market economy, whoever works hard can make it. That the system is, is in place that rewards diligence. That the penniless immigrants can arrive at our shore not speaking the language and through diligent hard work can make a better life for themselves. Sure, some, some will have lucky breaks, the benefit of family or friends, the success of previous generations, and will amass wealth at a quicker pace, while others will suffer the disadvantages of poor choices, hard situations, bad luck, and playing fields that start out already tipped against their success. But whether advantaged or disadvantaged, we, we have had a collective mind that the one who works hard will benefit from their hard work. 
This week, as I've been pondering how that might create in us a prejudice against the gospel. In our beliefs about fairness, there may be some unusual, maybe hard to diagnose resistance to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our series this January, as we uh, we step into the 2021 year, is not our typical stewardship series. Most years over my ministry, I've, I've used the first month of a new year to, to talk about more traditional stewardship responsibility. I've consistently reminded us that all we have, all that we are, is not really ours to do with as we please, but that we are stewards of our lives, our money, our time, that it is all a gift from God that that we're privileged to manage for the benefit of his kingdom. These series of sermons on stewardship always, always kick a bit against the free market economy I love. Probably like many of you, I, I like to imagine that I am what I am and I have what I have and can do what I do because I studied hard in school and, and have worked hard through my career in ministry. But true stewardship, true stewardship says that that just isn't the way it is. Paul writes the Philippians and asks, what do you have that you haven't been given? And David reminds us in his prayer of praise to the Lord for all the great generosity of the people giving gifts for the building of the temple. He said, oh, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything. Pretty inclusive. Everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You're exalted as head over all wealth and honor come from you. Wealth and honor come from you. So we are merely just only stewards of all we call ours. We call the gospel of Jesus Christ ours too. And with that gospel, hearing it, knowing it, believing it, there comes a stewarding responsibility. That's why this year we're talking about stewardship of the gospel. And today in particular, stewardship of the gospel of unfairness. In Matthew's version of the the events of Jesus' earthly life, he has Jesus telling a most fascinating parable right after and tied to the visit of the rich young ruler. This young man comes to Jesus with an American or maybe just a human question. What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus' answer apart from the gospel, is really a bit unnerving. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. This young man is fascinating with boldness that that lacks understanding. The young man claims to have kept all the commandments and asks, what do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. In the eyes of everyone in that culture, wealth was a sign of being in heaven's favor. And Jesus turns the barrel over when when he said, I tell you the truth, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The astonished disciples asked, well, who then can be saved? 
What they were asking is that if the one who has been so blessed by God with wealth, the obvious sign that in their minds of God's favor, if they can't get in, who can? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Peter, not surprisingly, looks to his own performance. He says to Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. What, what will we? What will they be for us? What are we going to get out of this? And Jesus promises them thrones to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he says, but many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Doesn't seem fair. For the kingdom of heaven is like a, a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a a normal day's wage and sent them to work in his vineyard. About about three hours later, he went out and saw some people standing around not doing anything in the marketplace, and, and he told them, go work in my vineyard, and I'll pay you what is right. And they went. He hired more workers at the sixth hour, at the ninth hour, and then just an hour before quitting time, at the eleventh hour, he hired some more. Well, at quitting time, it was also time to get paid. A day laborer was paid at the end of each day. The first to be paid were the ones he hired just one hour before quitting time. And each one of them received a full day's pay. And so when those who had been hired first came, they they had high expectations of receiving more than a day's wage. But when they each only got a day's wage, they began to grumble that it just wasn't fair. The complaint was that the men who were hired last worked only one hour, and you've, you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. The master said, friend, I'm not, I'm not unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a day's wage? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? And so the last will be first and the first will be last. Are you ready to steward the gospel of unfairness? Or or would you rather be treated fairly? Would you you like to get what you earn, what, what would be fair? Let me, let me just warn, warn you away from seeking fairness. Paul says it clearly in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All is a pretty inclusive word. Every human except Jesus Christ has sinned, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And if we want our fair wage, Paul writes in Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin is death. For us to be treated fairly, to to get what we deserve, to demand our rights as sinners would mean death. Let me be really candid. When it comes to being treated fairly, I don't want to be treated fairly. I want something beyond what I'm due, something more than I have or could ever earn. God is amazing in what he gives. In his letter to the people in Ephesus, Paul wrote clearly, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live the ways of this world and of the the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. 
all of us, there's that inclusive word, all of us who lived among them, we all lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were, we were by nature objects of wrath. You see, if, if we get what was fair for us to receive, it is wrath. And then there's that wonderful word, but. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Not, not will be, not might be, or can be, or could be saved. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And and this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Uh, for, For our message today, maybe we would say so that no one can boast that it is fair that they get eternity, that they are getting what they deserve. For we are God's workmanship, Paul says. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You see, we have this in our minds. If I run a good race, if I keep the faith, if I obey the law, it seems to be fair that there's a crown of righteousness and glorious future awaiting me. But before we run a good race and keep the faith and obey the law, before all that comes the gift of God. It is God's grace, the, the favor he shows us that is not deserved at all. It was because of God's great love that he made us alive in Christ while, while we were dead in our transgressions. It was God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, and God's action. And we, you and I, we are God's workmanship, not our workmanship. Any resemblance to a masterpiece is the master's work, not the piece's work. We have been created in Christ Jesus to do good works, works that God wants done, works that will take effort and and never works that will be in any way a way to earn or merit us God's favor. Our performance doesn't make him the gracious God full of mercy who makes us dead folks alive in Christ. But it is God's mercy and love and grace that move us to exert effort to do the good works God wants done. It's just not fair. True gifts aren't fair, but rather perfectly matched to the recipient. Not fair because they were due, but fair only because of the generosity of the giver. And when we realize the enormity of the gift of God's grace and his mercy and salvation that are unfairly ours, then we want the same for every friend and every enemy, that they might come to know the great unmerited favor of God, fair only because of Jesus' sacrifice. And and maybe if all of humanity is treated as special while dead in their transgressions, maybe that is fair. It's just not our doing. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. 
loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.